welcome to From the Rooker End. My name is John. Uh, with me is Mike. All right. All right. And Jason. Ooh. Oh, sorry, still in game mode. Sorry. <laughs> uh, and uh, this week, Kate Lewis. Hello, Kate. Hello. So uh, we've been doing this podcast, the three of us, the uh, slightly deeper voice three of us, uh, for <laughs> nine seasons now. Where we give our views on uh, Live Sport Fan, and we wanted to... We're always trying to expand that with bringing more fans in, and Kate's coming in to talk uh, in today's podcast. But, Michael, we are outside Vicarage Road, where Watford scraped a 1-0 win against Everton. I'm gonna, I'm gonna pull you up on there. Don't run. I'm, I'm, well, look, you've just walked. Look, look, you walked over here. Uh, happy Michael parking. <laughs> this is a rarity, and I just want to see how you react. Don't, so don't ruin it. I don't think we scraped that. I think first half, I think it was very evenly matched. I don't think we scraped it either. I'm just being funny or trying to be. Because <laughs> I think we we battered them second half, and I think we were we put on a terrific second half display. And overall, we're by far and away the the better team. If you look at the look at the thing as a piece, I don't think it was by any means a classic. But you can probably tell by the tone of my voice. I don't care. <laughs> Um, it was a game that both teams were desperate not to lose, very, very keen to win. Um, we haven't done that well in games like that recently. You know, we, Our home games against Burnley and Newcastle were very, very forgettable. The two teams that set up against us to stop us winning. I don't think Marco Silva's capable to set up to stop losing. He's always going to play the same way, isn't he? So I felt the game was there for us to win today. And I'm just absolutely delighted that we went and got it. We'll talk about the pattern of the game. But I thought to see Javi being decisive and bold at half-time with that substitution was magic and we won the game in that in that moment that half time substitution won us the game I've got no doubt about it yeah we picked the game apart in a little bit but other also come on the podcast uh, we've got a chat with Adam Leventhal about what's going on with uh, Tales of the Vicarage Live uh, as well as Helen Ward the Watford ladies captain uh, about how their season has been going since last we spoke to her but Kate what, you know, it's fantastic that Watford won a game especially against Everton what was the best thing about that game? <laughs> Am I allowed to talk about the, Watford, uh, the Everton physio? <laughs> because I mean that run for one thing the, the arms and the unzipped jacket and the, the saunter it was like you know when people stop to let you cross so it is that story that you do you're not going any faster but, yeah, but you'd, you'd want to look like you're running that it just made the game for me and the fact they had to go all the way across the pitch and then all the way back around past the rockery end just you know that for me I know I know we won and I'm really really happy about that but that was just the, yeah. the cherry on top for me <laughs> Jason though let's start with the game let's think, think about it the first half of the game you sort of get to half time I think no one would have been happy Probably not, no. I, I, what impressed me at the start, I think, if, we, if we're looking for positives from that first half, Mariapa, I thought he had a great game today, especially sort of right at the start. Holobas as well, he clearly had a job, a job to do on Richarlison, kept him quiet, did a fantastic job out there. So he was he was always on Richarlison. So Mariapa, there was a risk that he might get exposed one-on-one with Tosin if, if Kafka got pulled out of position. I thought he dealt with them brilliantly. He, he didn't put a foot wrong, I don't think, in that first half. It, it, it absolutely superb from him. There were, there were some frustrating moments in that first half, Mike, where it looked like Watford knew what they were doing, where they were going, but there was a couple of touches that were a little bit just not quite right. And I, I could, I, it didn't get there, but the, the feeling of frustration was sort of starting to grow. And it, it didn't go any further because half-time happened. But that first yeah. half, you, how do you describe it on the WhatsApp group? Uh, two bald men fighting over a cone, <laughs> yeah. which I think was probably a little bit harsh looking back on it. But it felt like oh, I was scrabbling around. It looked a little bit like the um, impotence, a bit, a bit harsh and a bit unpleasant. But the sort of toothless Watford we've seen too much really over the last month or so. It felt like we were probably in the ascendancy, but 
it's going to be another game where we're not going to be able to translate our, our possession and, and into, into, into something worthwhile. I thought Delefeu struggled again. He looked a bit, he just looked a bit soft to me. I've defended Delefeu quite a bit because I think uh, I've said he hasn't gone missing and he hasn't, I don't think he does go missing. He doesn't hide like, like, like some players have done in the past. But I thought he was soft today. I thought he was a bit lacklustre um, and he was a bit disappointing. So I just think the first half was probably, I thought it was going to be a really scrappy game yeah. and, it, and it panned out like that. Two, two teams not wanting to win, neither goalie really troubled until right at the end where, where Watford finally slung in a half-decent set-piece. Lo and behold, Pickford juggles it like some sort of drunk Harlem Globetrotter, <laughs> dro- drops the ball and then he gets slung in again and he goes chasing it away and I thought, right, well, there you go. You can tell, we've, we all talked about uh, set-pieces being their Achilles heel. We hadn't tested it until the 45th minute but we got a glimpse of it there, and in reality, it's real. Let's put them under, let's do something in the second half. So I thought it was important we got that little glimpse of the, the chinks in their arm. And I thought as that half went on, I think there was a handball from Michael Keane, wasn't there? They started, to, Everton started to look a little bit ragged at the back of the more sort of direct we went. Um, so I felt as the half wore on, we needed to go in at half time, understand and accept they're there for the taking and go for it. And uh, of course, we, we did with the, with the change. So it's a frustrating half in a lot of ways, but I felt we were on top without making the most of it. And that probably sums up Watford all too often recently. Talk about uh, Delafeo and, and we look better as the half went on. I thought we looked better and Delafeo looked better when he actually moved out wide to the right-hand side. And Hughes came, sort of, he moved more central and he was sort of playing behind Deeney. And we looked a lot more effective whilst we didn't create that much more. We certainly looked a lot better going forward when he made that change. Did he look more comfortable? Delefeo looked more comfortable and we looked better for it. Okay, the Corey was back. That was sort of the only major change. Do you think that was it? Was that the only thing in that game that made Watford have and, and almost you know come back to their, their full flow? Was it just him or was it a little bit more? No, I think I think there's gotta be a little bit more, you know, the occasion for one thing and then the media have really picked up this this week, haven't they, on how big a game this is for us and I think the crowd as well you know we especially with the 1881s just singing constantly which was brilliant it was really good to hear that and for everybody else just to get involved and so I think it was just that combination wasn't it fine yeah Decore is back and that's that's great there, there is more than that it's there was a nice big sort of mixing pot of everything and then it all, yeah came together yeah, it was a good performance we grew into it and we've seen Watford do that before we've seen Watford build up momentum and and get the win and I think they did that to a degree today but I think Decore was good again it does seeing him back there it allows Capu to be so much more effective he does work in the in the defensive half of the field and then he gets things going in the opposition side I think he's so so important to us um, and I think it was great to see him back I think Kate's absolutely right to point at the event it did feel like a, a match, a big match day here at Vicarage Road, and the crowd was up for it. I thought the the, the, the songs were good, the atmosphere was good. Sort of went a bit flat towards the end of the, the first half, but yeah, it felt like a big game. And for a change, I think Watford really rose to the occasion. And I think Decore was a, was a driving force behind. We just looked so much more complete with with Decore in that midfield. There's one thing I wanted the one to do: love the flag, love the singing. You know, when they were sort of saying, "Harry Grassi is better than you." I want them to go to every other Watford manager apart from Dave Bassett and say they're better than you, they're better than you. Did you just complete it all? But Jason, at half-time, we saw the substitution uh, with Andre Gray coming on uh, and Semmer going off. We discussed, maybe not at that point, but if we were going to make a substitution, we fancied the idea of seeing Deeney and Gray out front to see what something was different. But we sort of thought, oh, what will happen is it will be Hughes to go off and then Decore, uh, um, Delefeu will sort of be, be pushed out to there. It wasn't. So, it, it, but it worked because we scored a goal. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, it, it, again, this is a, this is an opportunity for for Big Ken, a chance to actually play in a more natural position for him. 
and it didn't quite work for him again. It, he looked a little bit laboured when trying to take players on. There were a couple of good moments when he used his sort of brute force to, to great effects, but other than that, he, I don't think he put any sort of decent balls in. It was it was a struggle for him again today and, and a missed opportunity for him. But yes, the, the, the change when it happened, we looked so much more positive after half-time. Um, and then the goal and, and the one thing that stands out for yeah. me on that goal is our centre-back centre-back <laughs> Craig Kafgar back to goal playing a ball round the corner <laughs> through the defence of South Hughes. what a pass <laughs> from Craig Cathcart amazing I would, I would say that I, I said I thought the, the substitution was bold and I thought he'd keep Kevin Semmer on as a bit of a safety net because what he does is he is almost decoré light in as much as he puts himself around a bit and does break up play, I think. And I thought, well, I wonder if we'll see Ken Semmer stay on, Delafeu come off and, 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 and push Gray and, and, and Deeney up front. But I think, to go back just to the first half very briefly, I thought Troy Deeney was having success in getting on the ball. But then I think virtually every pass he played went to a blue shirt. He was trying little layoffs, little flicks, which was absolutely the right thing to do, to try and get things going. But every single one was going to, to a blue shirt. And that's when you realise... Him and Andre Gray together, just feeding off each other, is such a headache for for defences. They're not a Champions League pairing, of course they're not. They're probably not. Really? Euro- they're not a Europa League pairing. <laughs> Are but you they, sure? But dear Christ, well, I will not. I'm not going to belittle them. They no. are absolutely extraordinarily difficult to play against. When you can just see their danders are up when they're playing together, and they've got they know what's going to happen. They're two sort of strikers. Different players, but they they understand what what the other can do and and how to play to their strengths. So. I yeah I thought I thought Troy struggled a little bit in the in the first half we were crying out for for, for Andre Gray weren't we and you think back to the start of the season where we were playing that free flowing free scoring football with those guys up front all the media were talking about Watford going back to four four two back in the trend going back to the old school and doing really well and I thought that was a sort of a barnstorming second half performance um, with with those two guys up front I think instantly Troy looked happier Andre Gray looked sharp I thought. Um, really pleased to see that goal at Newcastle a couple of weeks ago because he's been off injured, he hasn't been playing, and he got that one chance and he and he tucked away anything. Hang on, you know that we have got a player on our hands here. I think they both look sharp this this afternoon. So, yeah, we're just delighted with the way that second half panned out. And I thought, and Jason mentioned Craig Cathcart again. What a player he's been again this season. And I think someone picked up on it on the uh, on the commentary on Match of the Day, or, or I can't remember when it was. A pundit said, Craig Cathcart just put the ball out. He was under a bit of pressure, so he put it out. And, it, and what a great thing that is to see. Just relieve the pressure, give everyone a chance to regroup, get some get some airing back into your lungs and let work on repelling the, the next threat that comes. He He's does, a proper defender. He is a proper defender, and he does the simple things incredibly well. Watford, I'm still getting used to Watford passing the ball around in their own half, yeah. let alone <laughs> in, their box, own, yeah. in their own penalty box. I'm still like, oh, my God, here we go. This is the way we're going we're gonna to throw this away. So they knock it around. I'm still getting used to it after all these years. of thinking, just get it into the opposition. But so, but I think Cathcart deserves a lot of praise. And I thought, and, and Jason Mariapa as well. He's got his head in the way of everything. When it goes our way, like it does today, and we're happy after win, I think those guys look great. And this was a day we had to get into the trenches to a degree. I thought Everton were pretty grubby. I thought there was lots of rolling around, and no denying that Watford were. Were physical, I think they let them know they were in a game, but I thought there was a lot of rolling around and, and play acting. I thought Kurt Zuma in particular was abhorrent for his sort of demand in the yellow card for for Troy Deeney in that in that second half, which ultimately came and it gave me uh, no, it didn't give me pleasure, but it was uh, telling to see Kurt Zuma sent off after the final whistle for for defence. Two yellow cards in the space of ten seconds after the final whistle, 
And two yellows. Two okay. yellows, straight after the other. And I thought that was telling about the whole, how it feels at Everton at the moment. The fact that they're rolling around. I thought Richarlison, I was disappointed he got booed when he when his name was read out. I don't think he deserved that. But then I thought he he was he was poor to a degree and he, he, he did go down easily. And I think there's a lot of rolling around. Um, and it just it just smells a bit rotten again at Everton, doesn't it? And it, we get it looks very similar to what we happened what happened here. Um, nothing against Everton fans, but it, they they're getting Marco Silva, and I for one am delighted that he's struggling. <laughs> well, the moment for me was right at the end of the game when uh, their last that header that went straight at uh, uh, Foster. Pickford just lay on the floor face down you go and that's just really telling that your goalie's laying there on the floor and it was, I was chatting to Richard who sits next to me and he was sort of saying he was chatting to his Everton fan uh, friend this week and he sort of said you know they haven't had a definition and a clarity since uh, David Moyes left and you know there's nothing Mark Silver's nothing new and I sort of feel a little bit the same I sort of feel like if you were to define Watford we haven't remote changed massively since it because if you had to define one man to be Watford it is still Troy Deeney and Kate he was Troy Deeney today he was Troy Deeney and honestly I mean I have this list of future husbands Um, (laughs) (laughs) Troy Deeney is there along with Lewis Hamilton and along with David Tennant there are no words for the love that I feel for Troy Deeney and it's great to hear him talking in the week about wanting to he's got his eye on the most Watford appearances or something like that like his commitment to this club is just, it's 100%. Even when he, he went through the rut of the, the Walter year or whatever it was, he was still playing for us and he's, he's still got that loyalty towards us. And yeah, not wanting to sound like Georgia from Love Island, but he's loyal <laughs> and, 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 and I, I love him for that. I think, I think Harry is starting to be defined as, as Watford as well. And I think, you know, that I think the lack of discipline after, I'm not going to go on about it. We've said a bit about it. Everyone knows how we feel about Marco Silva. We don't need to go on about it. It's a Watford podcast. Uh, <laughs> but, but this is still, still so brilliant. Um, I'm just really pleased. I'm just glad we rubbed his nose in it. But And I think you, you can see the the after the whistle melee, Zuma getting sent off, the, the body language was poor. And you contrast that with Watford. And yes, all right, things haven't been amazing the last month or so in terms of results, but they've stuck in games. So Brighton away, we would have lost that last year. Under a Marco Silva team, for example, Watford under Marco Silva would have lost that. Under Mazzari would have probably lost it. We were, it, was un, it was unpleasant to watch, but they ground out a draw. Newcastle at home, we struggled. We really struggled. In previous years, probably at this stage under any previous Watford manager in the Premier League, Kike, Matsari, Silva, we lose the game against Newcastle, but we stayed disciplined, we had one chance and we took it. And, you know, this team isn't, isn't the most free-flowing, it's not the most beautiful, it's not the most, um, it's, you know, it's not going to catch too many people's eyes at the moment, but they're sticking together and I think they believe in each other and I think that comes from the top down. So when you talk about how you know Everton haven't felt like they've had uh, your mate saying Everton feel, don't feel like they've had a, uh, a, a, a father figure, if you like, a, a distinct presence, I think Javi is doing that. And it's, that's how you dig out of games. That's how you win games like this one. That's how you nick points away against Brighton when you don't have a shot on target. That's how you turn around games like the one at Crystal Palace. It's not pretty, but because they believe in each other and because of discipline, he, they know what's expected of him. And they deliver for him because he's earned their respect. So I think that the more that this, that, that, you know, it's a stark contrast today, Silver versus Javi Gracia. And I thought, Javi Gracia, he's better than you. That chance at run round, absolutely perfect. No, no other words needed. He is better than him. And I'm glad he's what for money. We're going to talk about Javi. I think there is one thing we should mention. Um, and I don't know if you guys picked up on this, but his press conference this week. 
he held a minute silence at the start for for Vicky. And I have to apologise if I pronounce her name right, Vicky Orvis, um, who uh, she attended Watford press conferences quite regularly. Um, sadly, lost her battle with cancer this week. And have he made sure he held a minute silence throughout the start of his presser? Just uh, another example of the measure of the man. A podcast made by Watford fans, fans for Watford fans from the rookery end. Mike said he was parking and he was son called Arlo. And this is our feature, Michael Parkinson. It gives me great pleasure to welcome once again to Michael Parkinson, Arlo. Arlo, how are you doing? Good. Right, Arlo, Kate, who is on the podcast today, she works for an airline. So her job allows her to fly all over the world. She was in Kenya recently and she got to feed a giraffe. And she got to thinking, oh, Watford could do with a giraffe so they could win some headers. Obviously, giraffes are pretty tall. If Watford could have an animal to play for them, which animal do you think it should be and why? A panda. A panda? Why do you think that? Because it could be a good goalie. Because Ratmo's in the goal. They normally just sit on the floor. Uh, Instead of Ben Foster, you'd have a panda sat there eating bamboo. Yeah, and the bamboo sticks, they could do... He could hold, like, five and just stop the ball. Well... There you go, Mr Foster. Sorry, Ben, you're out. The panda's in. Thanks for joining us, Arlo. Bye-bye, Mr Panda Keeper. Yeah. You travel around the world, Kate, in your job. Have you ever been to Korea? Korea? Yeah. No. Uh, have you ever had a Korean beer? Uh, no. Well... We've got an offer from Beer52, uh, and this is where you can get yourself some very cheap beers and also help us at the podcast. Last year, we gave you an offer to get a free case of craft beer from the craft beer discovery club, beer52.com. Thank you very much. If you did, it helped us a lot uh, and gave us some, uh, some funds to be able to pay for the cost that we have for this podcast. But you also got some great beers and um, we've sorted it out again you just have to go to beer52.com forward slash rookery to claim a free case uh, and all you need to do is pay £5.95 for the postage beer52 is the world's most popular monthly craft beer discovery club searching out incredible and exclusively small batched craft beers from the world's greatest brewers and bringing them back to their members you can be one of those this month beer comes all the way from career, only Korean Watford player uh, I could ever think of was uh, Park Ju Young, who, who we didn't play much, but had a great chance. Uh, if you didn't sign up last time, you can uh, try your first case for free, uh, and all you're paying is five ninety nine for the postage. That's eight incredible craft beers, uh, a ferment magazine to learn about the beers and the breweries, as well as a snack delivered next day shipping. So basically, it's a, it's a, it's a no-brainer. Uh, there's no minimum commitment. You can just take the free case, try the beers, and see what you think. So, fancy taking up the offer? Go to beer52.com forward slash rookery. That's beer and the number 52.com forward slash rookery. R-O-O-K-E-R-Y, rookery, to claim your beer.
we've always tried to support what for ladies and, and find out what's going on with them. Uh, and at half-time, Jason and I uh, caught up with Helen Ward, the what for ladies captain, to see how their season has been going, uh, especially after a recent defeat, but a defeat to Manchester City. Yes, they're as big and as rich in the ladies' game as they are in the Premier League. Helen, it's been a while since we've had a chat on the podcast about the ladies' team. How are things going? Yeah, it's been a, a bit of a mixed start to the to the year. We've had away trips to Middlesbrough, Cardiff, Plymouth and Manchester City. So we've had a lot of travelling and we're actually only playing our first home game tomorrow, which is a, a bit mad when you're already into February. And it's not even at home, it's at Letchworth now because the pitch isn't, isn't in good nick at Kings Langley. But we're, we're keen to get going again, back in Hertfordshire at least. So... We've had mixed results. I think the only one we've won is the, the FA Cup game at Middlesbrough, which was fantastic. We won 7-2 and it was a good performance, but, but the other games have been really tough. And obviously last weekend, uh, the City game was the big one. But yeah. I think the performance we put in was one to be proud of, okay. um, even if the result didn't go our way. Talk about the City game. Obviously, you've played at the top of the women's game. Does that mean you sort of, or the, the other players are looking to you for their experience? Do you sort of mentor them and advise them when you're playing in big games like that? Uh, yeah, possibly. I think um, we've got such a young squad that a lot of them, this is their first real sort of foray into senior football. So to go away to a team that's, I think, currently top of the, the Women's Super League, put in a performance that, you know, for the first hour at least, we were we were solid and they were really struggling to break us down. And before the game, I just got, got the girls together and said, look, it, do, it doesn't matter what the names say on the back of their shirts. It's, it's 11 players against 11 players. You know, all the old cliches came out and... <laughs> I said, you know, enjoy the occasion, but don't be overawed by it. If if you want to go on and have a, a good career in women's football, then this is the kind of stage that you want to be playing on. So I think they all took that in. You know, there was a bit of excitement. The changing rooms were lovely. Everyone had their own little cupboard and everything like that. So it was a, it was a nice experience. And um, we had warm showers after the game as well, which which always helps. But no, they all they all took it in their stride. And, and as I said, they, they put in a, a performance to be proud of. Going to ask a question actually about about City and their setup. Does it just feel like sort of worlds away from the setup that they have compared to what Watford have got? Yeah, I think like you turn up and you've got the the Etihad in the background and then their little mini Etihad as they call it, where the women play and and their academy teams. And it's a it's a great little setup. I know from a couple of players that I've spoken to that are at Man City that their training facilities and the way they're looked after at the club is is worlds away from a lot of teams in in the country not just Watford they know they're in a a privileged position to be where they are and treated the way they are and it's something for our girls to have ambitions to go on and achieve themselves you know and whether that's with Watford or another club it remains to be seen but I'd like to think that the way things are going in women's football that the likes of Watford will will get behind their women's teams and you know everybody will gradually catch up with the likes of Man City. Because that's the thing, that the women's relationship with the club sort of has got much closer. How's that sort of been going? Is that is that really changed things this year for the for the team? Yeah, so we've moved into the training ground now. So we play in we train in the dome, which is lovely because it means when it rains we don't get wet anymore. <laughs> Still freezing in there, but it is nice to be out of the wind and the rain. But um, so that's yeah, that's a big step. It's something that even teams in the in the Super League don't all have access to their men's training ground. So for us to have that is something that's a, a major step for us. And hopefully, if we can perform on the pitch I think this season maybe the league is a bit too far away from us now but definitely next season with the progress we've made in the last 12 months I think the ambition is definitely to get back at least up into the championship and then you know who knows from there you can progress and things change very quickly in women's football yeah because you're in the uh, women's premier division south and so there'll be two promotions before we get to the women's premier league 
Yeah, so you've got... Super League. Yeah, the Women's Super League's the top one, then you've got the Championship, and then you've got the, the split between the National Division North and South. So essentially we're in the League One of the women's game. So there's a lot of work to do, and we know that, and as I said, this, this young group hopefully have got a good few years together now, and some players have really stepped up, the likes of Emily Hill, she's been outstanding with her performances, and, and if players like that can stay around and, and progress with us, then the future certainly looks good. Because it, well, it did feel like a difficult season last season, um, so does it feel now... That despite the fact you've had to drop down a division, does it feel like you're back on an upward curve? Most definitely. I think you know things happened off the pitch and on the pitch last year that that were hard to deal with. But you know we came out of that and we we came out with it with a, a fairly new squad at the start of this season, with only a handful of us remaining from last year. Um, but the coaching staff they stayed the same from the second half of last season right throughout to now, and um, that's been a real important thing because it's kept that little bit of consistency and it's been important for us to have that and I think nobody wanted to drop down into this league but once it happened you kind of think right maybe it was a blessing in disguise and you know you don't want to lose games every week regardless of what division you're in and it was hard to take and it was nice to have a setback have a positive season get some really good results really good performances and then hopefully if and when we do make it back into the championship we'll we'll be doing it on a much better sort of grounding than than we had last year. A podcast by Watford fans for Watford fans. This is from the rookery end. Still uh, some games to go for the ladies' team uh, and uh, home games are coming up. So if you want to check out when they're fixed, are at uh, the main Watford website, watfordfc.com. Kate, everyone hasn't figured out by the, the tones of your voice, you are a lady. What's it like as a female supporting Watford? Normally it's, it's completely fine. I really enjoy it. I come across some difficulties sometimes just talking to men. I end up being a bit of a novelty uh, for men sometimes, especially in the in the dating industry, <laughs> um, because I, like, I am single, and so I actively put on dating apps and things. That, uh, my social media, you know, uh, says I'm a Watford FC supporter, and so guys, that's kind of one of the first first things that they latch onto, which is nice. It's, it's something to talk about often. It's something in common. What you're always looking for when you're <laughs> when you're on the prowl. But I think a lot of people tend to focus too much on it it's not it's not all that I am and then it's like I say it's, I'm not a novelty I'm not here to entertain you with my <laughs> with my supporting it's just another part of me in the same way that I really like unicorns and my favourite colour is glitter <laughs> um, <laughs> but, the, but this week there's been a lot you know with uh, Alex Scott mm. um, is that a thing that sort of gets you beef or is it like Good on, good on you, girl. Um, it really winds me up, if I'm honest. I, I do think good on you, girl. She takes it so well. Um, I was looking at her Twitter feed yesterday, actually, because she has to fend off so much rubbish a lot of the time for um, some of her comments. I'm sorry to generalise, but they are, tend to be from men. Um, just about if she says one thing that they don't agree with, um, or it might maybe an ill-informed comment. I, I don't particularly know. Immediately, it's she should not be on TV, and it's, it's this is why women shouldn't be in football, and all that kind of just prehistoric nonsense. She replies to them. She comes back, and she's got educated, well-informed comments to retort back to them. Uh, but it really, it really does wind me up because at the end of the day, it's 2019. Like for one thing, she should be on TV, and just because the world is 50-50 men and women, and so if you haven't got that representation on TV, then what's what's the point it's 
it's daft really and um, so yes it's it's a fire in my belly and I do I want to stick up for her um, and I want to stick up for all female pundits a lot of the time and it's nice it, it, it's it keeps me going um, but I'd rather not have to do it I suppose um, I'd rather it just not be a thing I'd rather we were just all equal I wish we didn't have to have conversations like the ones that Alex is having uh, on Twitter like I guess ones we're having right now From the rookery end. Chelsea Vicarage got another live event coming up, the end of March, and before the game, Mike caught with Adam to find out a bit more about who and what we might be expecting from the next live event. Adam Leventhal, uh, nice to see you again. We're at Vicarage Road, but you and assorted Watford-related pals are off to the Palace Theatre again soon. Uh, yes, we are. Lovely to see you, Mike. Thank you. Yeah, March the 24th, we have Messers, Callaghan, Hessenthaler, Hyde and Eustace at the Watford Palace Theatre and uh, yeah we're going again it should, be a, it should be a good one, the tickets are now available, only a few uh, remaining so you need to go online, go to talesfrom.com, there's been a whole hoo-ha about the website It wouldn't be a proper event, it wouldn't be a desirable must-attend must event without a ticket issue would it? Oh, I, I, we're spinning it as that the, uh, the, the demand melted down the system but I just don't think the system was working in the first place to be honest but um, yeah it's the first time that it's happened so it was a bit of a bit of a hoo-ha but the, the persistence and determination of the, the Watford fans was fantastic because obviously we had to then focus on the, um, the phone lines 01923 225671 and people got through there was people saying oh you know it took me 100 rings but I've got my ticket so it's, it was brilliant and we were obviously really grateful the fact that people want to be there and worked hard to get their tickets we're not quite at Firefest proportions to just yeah. no it was great it was it was amazing wasn't it? I think someone had 100 and, over 100 in, yes. incredible stuff the resourcefulness and persistence of Watford fans no, knows no bounds now those four those four guys Adam quite is eclectic the right word I don't know but a varied a varied mix there what's the thinking behind those four or is it just four great Watford guys well, it, it is that but the thinking behind it was obviously Andy Hessenthaler wasn't able to make the first event that we did last year around the, the captain's book and he was determined to, to come and the same goes for John Eustace so, um, who missed out on the second one so we wanted to make sure that they were on stage because a lot of people had wanted to see them so we got them and also we'd never had Nigel Callan either actually quoted within the book although he's been mentioned because he played a pivotal part between what 1980 and 87 now's about time we get him on stage and also Micah Hyde who featured in one of the previous volumes um, I, we were actually at the, uh, the Shendish Manor do with the 1919 and I just thought yeah we should have got you on before but sort of circumstances have meant that we haven't got, got him there and I just I really wanted to have him on stage and, and hear his story because he's got so much to to tell and he's such a stylish player as well he was great wasn't he I was going to ask you who, who you, is there one you're looking forward to, to talking to the most well, I think wonder if that's a bit unfair perhaps these four won't hear this podcast so <laughs> feel free to uh, perhaps want one that you've been uh, looking forward to the most well no there, there are there, there's issues with everyone that I want to speak to them about I mean but one of them that sticks out before and I think we've spoken about it before on the podcast is the ghost goal and obviously John Eustace talks about it in the book um, but just getting his feelings on it and seeing what his face looks like when he talks about it, when you actually mention those two words, he might actually just go, oh, look, it happened. But I get the feeling, and you, from the quotes in the book, 
it really does piss him off. Yeah. And, you know, I'm determined somehow, hook or by crook, to just, even if it's an official line from, you know, whoever would be making that line, to just say, oh, well, we're looking into it, or, sorry, it's a bit too far gone now, we can't actually change it. But it still counts as a Eustace own goal, and I, I just don't think that that's fair. Incredible. Absolutely <laughs> incredible. We'll look forward to seeing the, the fire ignite behind Mr Eustace's eyes. We're talking just before the Everton game, obviously, yeah. um, a, lot, uh, a lot of fire behind the eyes and a few people around this fixture, but let's talk about the Watford season as a whole very quickly. How have you found it? Um, don't get to every game, obviously, with work, but... How's this season felt so far for you? I think it's it's it, it has exceeded expectations. Basically, if you look back to to the summer and people were getting a little bit twitchy and thinking, "Hang on a minute, have we done enough business? Have we improved the squad enough?" And I think the improvement that was made was by unifying the group rather than adding to it too much. A few players here and there, some that came in. You know, you look at left back Messina coming in. He was a body that came in, but it was what he did in coming in, inspiring Holobas to, you know, step up a few gears, and that has that has an impact on the squad. So, I think it's been it's been fantastic to have a little bit of consistency, a bit of stability, uh, continuity. They all mean the same thing, but that's it's all fantastic uh, to to see a group forming, and I think that that has been the one thing right back from when the Potsos took over that we haven't really. We haven't had that. We haven't had a moment where everything plateaus a little bit. Not in, not in terms of the, the team's performance, but just in terms of the frenetic ins and outs of managers or players. That hasn't happened before, and I just think that we're in a nice place at the moment. Um, we'll see what happens today, obviously, but we should just be happy that we're, we're way clear of, of fizzling out, you would think. I mean, I'm saying it like... No, no. So my next question is going to be safety... Win the FA Cup or qualify for the Europa League? How's this season going to end? I would love to. I'd love to qualify for Europe. Done, done. Thursday nights would be there, wouldn't we? I would love to. I would, it would be amazing. The start of that podcast would be good. The Thursday morning would, or the Wednesday evening would be good. I think by the Friday morning it might be a little bit incoherent and yes. and rambling. What won't be incoherent and rambling is tales from the vicarage oh, live at the Palace Theatre. Are tickets still available? Tickets are still available as we speak. There are a few. But you need to call the box office. You either need to go there as well, or you can book from the Tales From website, uh, talesfrom.com, and there are a few still available, but not many, so it may well be busy this weekend. So come along, you have a good night, and, uh, and there will be more events coming up probably before the end of the season as well. Wonderful. Adam, thank you so much for joining us. No problem, sir. We're the Orns, you're the Orns. Come on, you Orns! The next Watford game is in the Football Association's Challenge Cup, the FA Cup. Now, Kate, are you a big FA Cup fan? I am a big FA Cup fan, you know? Like, what's not to like, really? Every team can compete at the beginning, every team. And I'm, I'm all about inclusivity and, <laughs> and what have you. So, And it, it's, it's a great thing for families to attend. It's, it's a good chance for yeah smaller clubs to get their name out there um, a little bit of drama a little bit of an upset so I'd say I'm a fan yeah I have to say after um, after the Newcastle game the FA Cup game Arla, I told Arla that any team could enter the FA Cup and he went oh yeah yeah and then he thought about it for a little bit and then he turned a couple of minutes out he came out and said 
any team. <laughs> and he went away and got his pad and he said, I'm going to, can we enter a team in the FA Cups? And he started writing who's going to be what. My sister was going to be coach driver, she soon got sacked from that because she presses every car. Uh, but so he started writing that and he said, what's my kit's going to be, what the team's going to be? And that's like the magic of the FA Cup. Yeah, like yeah, Kate yeah. said, anyone can enter it, anyone can win it. And isn't it nice that potentially Watford are in with a chance of going deep into the tournament? No, no, that... that- did he put you in the team, Mike? No, he didn't. No. No, I don't know what. Oh, he's sensible. Yeah. Uh, oh, no. You wait till I get home, boy. Coach? Uh, the coach was. I can't remember. No, not you? No, definitely wasn't me. No, it's my friend. Physio? Uh, physio, I think my sister ended up being physio <laughs> after, after she was uh, sacked as coach, as coach driver. It's quite an eclectic mix of uh, quite an eclectic mix of people, but I'll, uh, perhaps I'll uh, take a photo of it and share it on the uh, socials <laughs> at Watford Podcast, at Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Well done. Uh, but Jason, it's QPR. We talked about, you know, there was when we got the draw, it was possibly Portsmouth, possibly QPR. We sort of fancy QPR a bit more because maybe out of the two of them, of course, they both want to to get a result against Watford they both want to work hard but it was a little bit I don't know maybe Portsmouth felt a little bit more like they were going to fight and be a bit more feisty from a completely selfish point of view I fancy QPR because I've got loads of QPR supporting mates and there's going to be some bants this week I feel and I'm going to enjoy it for that reason it's funny isn't it I I used to hate playing against Premier League teams when we weren't so big because you'd get all the armchair fans giving them, oh yeah, we beat you this weekend, and you say, oh, shut up, go away. But but now we're sort of the, the big team, and they're going to be looking at us, thinking, great, we've got a chance here, we go have a big cup set, and and yeah, I'm going to struggle going to work on a Monday morning if we lose. But it's all right because we're not going to lose, are we? No, of course not. But Kate, this is the thing. We've changed the teams quite considerably, and one former Blackburn striker had a bit of a ill-informed uh, rant about us uh, when we played against Newcastle. But that, those last two games, the, the Woking game came straight after the, the busy Christmas period. The Newcastle game, game, game came days before we played Tottenham. This is just the next game of the weekend. Uh, do you expect, do you want more changes or do you want to sort of say we've seen something good here let's not change it too much no I guess I do expect changes but the way I see it is I support Watford as a team I don't support Watford players and actually I welcome any opportunity to see any of the Watford team play you know uh, it's always really nice to see Gomez in goal for example um, again I mean, he's not quite on the husband list um, <laughs> but there is a lot of love for that man and so I, I, it's great to see him play and it's great to see actually players g- given the opportunity to play in the FA Cup. It's an internationally renowned competition and so for Penaranda to be getting his debut at Woking, you know, that's the stuff dreams are made of, is it not? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, like I expect changes and, and I, I don't care about them. Um, like I say, I support the team, I don't support a player. I'm not going to be quite as balanced as Kate. It might, <laughs> it'll, it'll surprise you, it won't surprise you to know. I like I think we're uh, no. I think you're right, and I am with you. I think you support Watford Football Club. You don't support player one to eleven, but I do think that this is opening up up for us now as a as a real opportunity. Um, we've had a good win today. The mood in the camp will be will be strong. Will be good. Will be upbeat. We've got Friday night under lights. It will be a really really difficult atmosphere. Those everyone that's been to Loftus Road knows what it's like. Close to the pitch, it'll be noisy. It'll be raucous. Bad views. Terrible views. Yeah, <laughs> which may or may not be a bad thing. You two are very confident about the result. I'm not, I'm not so confident. I think this is going to be a really really tricky one. Hey, whoa, 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 Mike. Let's not lose this good vibe. You start this podcast. No, We've just beaten everything. Back. Remember, remember that, please. Yeah, yeah, well, on to the next. On to the next. Never. <laughs> on your laurels but boys and girls 
Um, so it will be tough, but I think this is a massive opportunity now for what for the draws opening up a little bit. I think if we can, I think there will be changes. Kate's absolutely right, but I don't think there, should, there will be eleven. Uh, I'd be surprised. I think I'd like to see Troy start, for example. I think we'd like to ask questions from QPR and let's do it that way round. If we can, if we can maybe go two and up or something. God, geez, what for going two and up and then relaxing? <laughs> it's not going to happen. But I'd, I'd like to see less changes for this one because I really want to see us go on, get to the quarterfinals, and then really anything can happen, can't it? So it's an opportunity. It's going to be tough, really tough. But I'm excited for it. It's, it's the first time in a while we've had um, had a cup tie that you actually think this feels like a cup tie. We had it with Woking. Newcastle away was a bit of a drag, wasn't it? It's like, ugh, neither team are going to play their first team. It's going to be a low crowd. This one, though, is going to be crackling. It's uh, on TV, so it'll be people watching all, all around the world. And it just feels like a really exciting opportunity for us. To, it feels like football, doesn't it? Today felt <laughs> like football. Cold, noisy, raucous, a bit of a bit of narrative. Same on Friday. Local, local rivals, we haven't played them for a while. They'll be up for it. We'll be up for it. We'll want to progress, and I don't want us to. I don't want us to, to slip up. So over to you, Javi. It's a difficult decision to make, but I'd. Uh, uh, I want to see a strong team go and beat QPR. It is a tricky one for Javi because not only has he got to try and win the game, he's got a squad of players that he needs to keep happy. So he's got. A, that's the balance that he's got to make when picking that side. Well, he's still got a dozen more games or so of the Premier League to go. I sort of saw this game of a one-nil, you know, beating Everton as could be the thing that could take things through the next level those last dozen games to see if maybe we could push for that European place Kate you know we've talked about it a bit on the podcast A do you think it, do you want it a, a trip to Europe and B I know you work for BA can you get cheap flights to no. but also do you think it's the thing that we need at this point yes I do want it I think it's the next step for us if we're not working towards a specific goal then what are we fighting for but do you, are we ready for it? A hesitant yes. I think changes would have to be made in the summer. I don't know what they are, but I'm sure our, our owners and I'm sure Harry will know. There would need to be a change. So a hesitant yes. And I think, I think it's something the fans want to see. Uh, it, would, it would be great for us. I think it would be great for morale. Um, but I don't want us to sort of do a Burnley and then... Like crash out to Aberdeen. I think, I think, as Jay said, we've got players who we need to keep happy, and I think there are really, really good, good squad players. And I think the issue Burnley have, they've got a thin squad. I think I really think that we have got a better squad than than Burnley. So I think we're reasonably well equipped for for Europa League football. And Kate's absolutely right. If you're not getting excited about the prospect of going for Europe, then you probably ought to go and do something else. I think it's the most exciting, tantalising prospect until we go and draw our broth in the, uh, in the <laughs> third preliminary round on a Friday morning at 6.45 kick-off to Eurosport and screen it. Um, so, you know, we need to go into it with our eyes wide open. It's not going to be Camp Nou on a balmy Wednesday evening, is it? But it's it's the next. It's the next step, isn't it? It's progression. We talked about the FA Cup. We want to. We want to do well in there. We're looking. I'm just looking at the table now, and there's a little, little cushion between us in eighth. Everton <laughs> played a game more, <laughs> four points less than us um, in tenth. So we're on 37 points. You know, it's looking. It's shaping up. Us v Wolves for that. For that seventh, seventh place. If we carry on in this form, because. It's been easy to be a bit down on Watford, I think, over the last month because we haven't been seeing the wins come rolling in. But what they've stuck in, and they've managed to stick at that point in the table, haven't they? They're just looking pretty healthy. So, yeah, I mean, I'd really like us... It'd be great, wouldn't it, to go into that final clutch of games, three, four games, potentially qualifying for Europe, have something to play for, be safe in the league. The FA Cup might be on the back, you know, whatever with the FA Cup. But to go into that last couple of games with something to play for, and like Europe, 
it'd be brilliant. It'd be brilliant, and that is the next step, and that is really what for delivering for us as as football sports. I won't be distraught. I won't be gutted if it doesn't happen. I think it's a big ask, and it would be a gamble. I think it'd be interesting to see how we do cope, but. We're in with a chance, and I don't think we can ask for anything more than that. It's brilliant. I think we need to enjoy it. I saw some Crystal Palace fans. There's Crystal Palace fans, right? They follow me around <laughs> on Twitter. As soon as a Watford player dives, they're like, oh, what? are you going to have a go at him then? And I'm like, yeah, that's a terrible dive. Yeah, of course, it's terrible. But I, so I had to look at some guys' guys' feed, and they were actually sort of saying, look, this, we're not in the greatest form, but in terms of our overall history, this is pretty decent. We're getting Batshuayi's coming, who's a half-decent player. They're doing all right. So I think if Palace can be satisfied with their lot and struggling we should be satisfied with how things are going here carry on supporting the team let's carry on generating a good atmosphere at home I think away games have been great we've been selling out allocations everywhere let's keep it up let's enjoy this Premier League ride and it looks like it's going in the right direction at the moment we need to stop enjoy it and make sure we we enjoy it support the team and just keep reaching like we would like we want the team to we need to do the same amazing times we're back for another podcast next week uh, but thank you very much uh, for listening and subscribing and do tell your friends uh, follow us on social media at what for podcast instagram twitter and facebook we're not on that snapchat it's not in us um, thank you very much and kate you get to do the come on your horns come on your horns 